Hey there, welcome to the Podcast Manager Show. I'm so excited that you are here today for this success story episode. I am interviewing Raffi Wagner today. And gosh, this is such a great episode because honestly, Raffi is just an awesome person to chat with. She is a married, child-free, and mother of six birds living in Florida. She actually talks about in the beginning of this episode that she had her birds like all tucked away. And I was hoping that we would hear them a little bit. And we did not. (laughs) It's a very quiet episode. So no birds will be making an appearance on this episode. But she does have six. And she is an occupational therapist turned podcast launch strategist and much, much more. So Raffi has had a really unique journey as a podcast manager. She's also a podcaster. And so I think this is just such a cool story to hear, to know that there's a lot of ways to do this. And there are a lot of different unique opportunities out there waiting for people like us. So without further ado, let's go talk to Raffi. Hey there, I'm Lauren, and you're listening to the Podcast Manager Show a podcast for podcast managers. Each week, we cover the technical and tactical aspects of running a profitable podcast manager business. With over 90,000 new shows starting each month, podcast managers are in demand. I mean, in demand. And I'm here to help you land your dream clients while reaching your monthly income goals without working like crazy. Are you ready? Let's get to today's episode. Raffi, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Lauren. I'm so excited to spend time with you. Yes, I know this conversation is going to be a great one because you have so much amazing stuff to share. So before we launch into your journey, can you first tell us just a little bit about who you are? Sure. I am a occupational therapist turned podcaster turned podcast coach, I guess you would say at this point. I am in the medical field currently still as an occupational therapist. I've been doing that since 1999. So it's been a long time, you know, ready to move on. I am a child-free woman married and I'm a bird mom. I have six parrots. I was going to ask you when, when you're on coaching calls, I can usually hear them. So where are they now? They're out there and I got them a treat. So each of them got a treat and then I put up a curtain And then I kind of have like a sound, like a sound barrier kind of door in this room. Mm -hmm. So hopefully with all of that, we won't hear them too much. (laughs) Fingers crossed. Yeah, I like kind of want to hear them a little bit. (laughs) So we'll see. (laughs) We'll see if we get if we get graced by their presence. (laughs) Absolutely. Okay, so then you, you yeah, you've been an occupational therapist for a long time. When was it that actually let's start here. When was it that you started listening to podcasts? I would say the end of 2018. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until the beginning of 2019 that I was like, okay, I got to do this. As I started and really dove deep into my entrepreneurial journey, mm-hmm. that's when I found the connection to podcasting. But then I also found a gap in a little space of where I could start a podcast and who I could start a podcast for. And so I had started thinking about it. I went to Podcast Movement in 2019. That was amazing. And if that doesn't inspire you to go home and start a podcast, I don't know what does. And so it wasn't until after Podcast Movement that I actually, you know, put the pedal to the metal and got stuff done and created my first podcast. Mm, Okay. And a couple of weeks ago, we had an episode 
about going to live events and about how we didn't mention this, but I wish we would have about how there's a lot of people at podcast movement and other live events that haven't started a podcast like yourself. You went there as someone who liked podcasts, was thinking about it, but hadn't yet. Correct. Correct. So that's a really big point. And that's definitely something that I think catapulted me and pushed me even more. And I had already made some connections in their group that they have. So a lot of people start talking about the event before they actually go. Mm -hmm. Not only was I able to meet other people, but I also like saw people that I know from like Instagram because I started following a lot of podcasters. I was like, wait, you know, I was starting to recognize everybody and really to just be in that space. I think even as someone who is possibly interested in a podcast, I think going to podcast movement will literally give you the yes or the no you're looking for. Mm. It's either going to validate that, yes, you can do it. Yes, you want to do it. Or, whoa, this is too much. Mm -hmm. Or like, it's so much that wait until it's the right time. Right. Just do it, you know, with half your regard. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe it gives you a, okay, wait, I can wait a little longer. Let me get this duck in a row before I do it type of thing. Yeah. That makes sense. And I was at that podcast movement as well. So I love thinking of that. We are like in the same room. Now it was, it's a huge event, huge, right. huge event, but it's so funny, like to go back and think of like interactions you've had or possibly had with people and you had no idea at the time. Yes. Yes. Uh, I've thought of that a lot as I start to really get into the whole podcast world with editors and podcast managers and CEOs of hosting companies and all of these different things, I think back, I was like, did we cross paths in 2019 and just didn't know it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so interesting. Okay, so then you come home from Podcast Movement in 2019. That was August of 2019. So then you started your first podcast. Tell us about Correct. that. So my first podcast was Not A Mama, and it was a podcast that was created out of my frustration of not finding child-free content. So as a child-free woman, it was very hard for me to find content that was completely relatable for me. It was Mm -hmm. really a difficult thing for me to find. So I first built my Instagram community and I teased that I was starting a podcast. So I built the Instagram community before Podcast Movement. And then I started the podcast after Podcast Movement And so Not A Mama was interviews with child-free women doing amazing things. So an author, a teacher, business owners, a family of two women, and they were both child-free. So how did that impact their family dynamic? So all of that. So the previous version of this podcast was interviews. Mm, Okay. How hard or easy was it to build that community? Because like you're saying, this was a, you saw this as a gap in the market, It was something that, you know, you needed, you wanted. Right. So how hard was it or easy was it to build that community? I would say it's easy. Since then, there has been quite a boost and quite of an influx of child-free accounts on Instagram. Mm. People are definitely getting the message out there. But mine was always a little different because mine was just kind of like your cheerleader. So it was, it's just kind of inspirational moments. and we got this kind of Mm -hmm. direction. And so mine was really that until I launched the podcast, then I started talking about the podcast on Instagram. But this Mother's Day, actually, ironically, not a mama turns two years old. And it is such an amazing community. I have women that have been following me and supporting me since day one. 
Wow. Yeah. On Instagram and still there and still engage and still, you know, are in there and, and loving it. So I'm pretty proud of that. We are small, but mighty. Oh, that's the best kind. It sure is. It's great if you turn into large and mighty, but I think maybe mighty is the key. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Who cares if you have a huge audience, if like no one's talking back at you and you're wondering if you're making an impact, you know, it's like the mighty part is the key. Right. Right. Okay. So then you've, you've hinted that there is now a second version. So what happened? You you were doing interviews and then tell us what happened. Yes. So I was moseying along, doing interviews. Most of the interviews were women right there in my Instagram community. I started a Facebook group. And then April 2020, I decided I wanted to move to a different hosting company. And I lost everything. So how did that happen? Generally speaking, migrations are seamless, right? Mm -hmm. You don't really hear about those small percentages of things gone haywire and south. So what happened was at the time, similar to the system that I use now, but at the time I was using Oxbus, which just recently got purchased by Libsyn. Mm -hmm. And so it's an all-in-one that allows you to record in chapters so you don't have to edit because I am team no edit. Mm. So because that's what they do, they weren't hosting or anything. So what I'd have to do is then download it and it would be released. But there was a third party that was doing that. And what happened was it was just that third party, I believe, dropped the ball. Mm. And so I was trying to migrate to Podbean. Podbean did all they could. I really didn't have support anywhere. Apple at the time was actually quite supportive and was really trying to help me. But Mm. it was just lost. It was just something in the feed Mm -hmm. that just kind of broke and it wasn't able to be recovered. Wow. So it was all lost. And yes, I did have some backup. Not all episodes are backed up. So I could have come back with the few episodes I had and keep going. Mm -hmm. But I think because it was the height of COVID, I took it as a message that something different was coming. Mm -hmm. I just kind of took it as, why is this happening? And just pause. And so that's what I did. Yeah, I like that. It's like everything happens for a reason. So, yes, you know, what was that reason? And honestly, I think sometimes when we start a podcast, it's like we get going and it's almost nice to have that interruption to say, okay, you've gotten some episodes out there. What's the feedback you're getting? What's working? What's not working? So you were able to take a little break. It's not ideal for growing an audience and stuff, but you had that elsewhere as well. You had it on Instagram. right? So did that take a big hit, do you think? Absolutely not. But I'm also very, I'm all for transparency. Mm -hmm. Even now today, if there's anything that's going on, I always keep my audience in the loop, whether it's my Instagram audience or my podcast audience. But they were very, I literally just explained the whole story. Mm. I was like, it's gone. I think that's all I put. It's gone. (laughs) And then in the captions, I went into it a little bit more detail. But because I have such an amazing, engaged community, They just rallied around me. They were just like, take as much time as you need. It was really just truly a moment of, wow, this is why I do this. Mm. You know, like I show up for them and they show up for me. Yeah, that's everything that a podcaster wants too, because, you know, one of those things with podcasting is like you're, you know, with interviews, you're talking to one person, but with solos, you're just talking to a mic and you wonder 
if no one's talking back at you, you wonder like, who's listening? Do people care? What do they care about? All these questions. And so like you had that, you know, you had the heartbeat, you knew what was going on in the audience. Yes. They liked it enough to say, take a break, but come back. Right. So then obviously you came back. So when did you come back and what were some of the changes that you made? Okay. So this all was lost in April, 2020, and the new podcast was not released until November of 2020. So it's quite some time. And it's different because now it's called Not A Mama Life, but I took it to my supporters. I took it to my audience on Instagram and they voted for the name. Mm-hmm. So I, I did a poll uh, like for a couple weeks and narrowed it down to two choices. I gave them the two choices and they chose Not A Mama Life. The second runner up, if anybody's wondering, was Not A Mama Voice. Oh, yeah, I like that one too. And they chose Not A Mama Life. So they chose the name and then I went for it. This time around, it's different. I release twice a week and they are just empowerment short episodes. So every episode is, I believe, 10 and a half minutes or less. Most of them are under six minutes. So they're just juicy little bites of empowerment, encouragement. I see you. I am you. You know, I am my audience. So I think that also allows me to just go for it as far as content. For sure. Whether it's content on Instagram or my podcast episodes, I just talk about what happens to me. And that's the same as my audience. So it's a it's a perfect fit. Yeah, I am team 10 minute episodes for myself recording, but also just as a listener, you know, like I'll read an episode or I'll read like an episode title and I just hope like I really want to listen to this. Is it 30 minutes or less? Please tell me it's 30 minutes or less. And if it is, then I'm about it. I get that. Very rarely do I listen to something more, but that's so interesting you mentioned that because somebody was talking about this in a group. I don't know if it was your group, but somebody was talking about this in a group. Like how much do people look at notes? Mm. You know, episode notes or show notes, whatever you call them. And I am one that I do that. So if it's something that's like 48 minutes, I'll take a look at the notes first and decide, do I want to invest 48 minutes? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Every once in a while, I will do a longer one. If it's something that's going to be almost like a little mini masterclass for me, if it's something that I'm learning, I will probably listen to something for probably up to like 50 minute mark. Mm -hmm. And then I'm, I'm probably, okay, I'm done. Yeah. For me, if it's like a really great story, if it's if storytelling is part of it, then I, I'll listen to it, you know, for an hour and a half. Like I love audiobooks. You know, I listen to those for four hours. But it's when you get into those situations where someone's just like filling up time, like you don't have to. Right. Right. If you listen to my show, everyone knows that I just talk and then I'm done. Right. 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 So that's just my style. Other, you know, we all have our preferences. So I just love like a 10 minute episode. It's like, yes, I'll listen to that any day. Right. Okay. So then uh, that's your podcaster journey and you're, you know, you're, you're chugging along with not a mama life. What about your podcast management journey? How did that begin amongst this? So I actually dabbled into this world in 2019 as well. And I just did very, like every once in a while I would help somebody and I was able to help them because I am all in when it comes to podcasting, everything newsletters, accounts I can follow, books I could read. I follow all the influencers, so to speak, or even like you could call them 
for the most part, grandfathers of podcasting. There's not a huge amount of women, but even some of the women from the early days of podcasting. So I'm self-taught as far as that. And so I connected with a podcast mentor in 2019. And she's just kind of been following what I've been doing and putting the word out there as far as what I want to do. And so she and I connected just prior to me joining your program. And then it's actually kind of just been gangbusters since then. Like fireworks. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually (laughs) kind of been a little crazy. So yeah, I would say towards the end of 2019. And the reason why I know that is because I recently looked up the chats in the Instagram DMs Mm -hmm. because I have such a connection with her. I'm like, how long have we been talking? And so I looked at it and it was September, 2019. Wow. Yeah. So uh, when you say mentor, was it kind of like mentor from afar, just like chatting off and on with her? Was it like a formal thing? No, it was a, it was an informal thing, but we mm-hmm. did actually meet over Zoom early 2020. Okay. Wow, that's awesome. We did do a Zoom call where she was kind of guiding me on my podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we just kind of, she gave me a free call, which was amazing because she does have a lot of value and I'm sure we'll get into this, but this is someone who I'm working with now. Mm. So that's how it all started. Building a relationship building upon that relationship. And then it just comes back full circle is really how it happened. Right. And I want to get into the details of your success. But before we get into that, I want to point out like, you've been kind of learning and investing yourself in this since 2019. And then it all comes to head and just like, boom, you know, you're a business. Yes. (laughs) But you know, it looks like that, like to other people in my program, perhaps they think like, you're just come on the scene, and you're landing stuff left and right. But really, you've been doing the work behind the scene, or not really even behind the scenes, but you've been doing the work for two years now. So it's it's just good to point that out to say, yes, I'm not an overnight success. Yeah, 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 no, it's not right. It's not overnight. It's definitely been, and I would say if, if I was to choose one word to describe the journey that started in 2019 was relationship building. Mm-hmm. That's the best way to describe that. Yeah. Okay. So then how did you land your first client as a podcast manager? This amazingness that we're talking about, how did that start, I guess? So it first started with this same podcast mentor reaching out to me saying, you know, I see what you're doing and I want to hire you. Awesome. I was like, okay. So it literally happened within like two days. Mm -hmm. So we talked about it. She sent me a contract. I signed it. She signed hers. Everything was done. And so she hired me as part of a program that they offer with another production company. So there's two women-led, women of color-led production companies that have come together and offer one service. And I am the launch manager Mm -hmm. for that program. Mm. Currently that program has, we had a total of seven, we have six more launches. So I'm actually in the middle of of helping with six launches. And then this mentor of mine has her own business and she just signed on two clients. So now I have a total of eight launches. That's incredible. That we're planning and moving along with. Yeah. So do you know timeframe wise how quickly you're going to do these? Well, at the time of this recording, spring 2021, 
right now we have one of them that's delayed because of what's happening at Apple. Mm-hmm. We have delayed that one to June 1st, actually, mm. just to be sure. Yeah. And then I am onboarding one new client next week. And then the next launch one, I believe the onboarding call is the week after. Mm, Okay. So the program that I came into, the program that is run by these two amazing women, they generally give their clients 90 days. Okay. From the time you onboard, we want you launched within 90 days. We give you everything to make it happen sooner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the max is what we really want. And what's on the contract is 90 days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not going to we're not going any further than 90 days. Right. Like, yeah. let's go. And <laughs> the fact that it's kind of like um, we do everything for you. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be more than 90 days. Like you're recording. We're doing everything else. Right. As lo- like some people need a little help with like the because I know this is like a little bit more of a coaching role, right? You guys yes. help them get like get their idea together if it's not right. already together. Right. So these two women, one does the strategy call and then the other one does the production branding part. Mm -hmm. And then I am the one that takes on everybody. So there's not too many chefs in the kitchen. Mm. I am the one contact person to make sure everything is loaded in Asana, make sure that the production company is doing it in the hosting, make sure that they're having their strategy calls with the other party of this trio. So I'm kind of the middleman. So I've been hired as a launch manager to just make sure all those pieces happen. Mm. So we can on time and we can launch successfully. Yeah, that's just like the, it's like the queen podcast manager, because you're just like, you're really managing things. Like, yes, yes, just, truly, yeah, truly without editing. Yeah, I'm yes. I'm, it's actually yeah. So it's kind of like I kind of talk about it like an umbrella. Yeah. So I'm on the top of the umbrella and all the spokes are d- different pieces and I'm the one managing to make sure everything stays together and mm-hmm. that we could launch. So yes, it's a true, I kind of maybe want to call it like a podcast project manager. Yes. I use project manager sometimes when I'm explaining this to people because, you know, when when they're trying to understand like the difference between a podcast editor and a podcast manager, people seem to th- sometimes think that those are one and the same. And it's like, right. it's really not. It can be at times, but it's really not because there's there is stuff to be managed in this right. case for sure. Yes, <laughs> there's yes. definitely so, things to be managed, right, but... because there's a lot of other hands in there, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of other chefs in there. So it makes a better client experience too. If there's one person they have to talk to, not who do I talk to about this or who's doing this. Like mm. we almost want them to just not even know all the different hands that are going on. And just see that their podcast, everything is being loaded and wow, I can launch, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, I think that's so key. They just know that you're taking care of them. Right. They don't have to worry about if this person is doing this or that or that. They don't have to remember who to contact. Like, I'm all about make it as easy and simple on the client. That's what they're paying you for, right? Yeah, just as easy as possible on the client. And so that's right. definitely with by having one contact person, you're you're nailing that. Yeah. And also we want to because we see some of the points of friction for as an example being, you know, come on, you need to you need to record because there's other points of friction. We didn't want figuring out who to talk to about what to be one of those points of friction. Mm-hmm. 
We want it to be frictionless. And just, I know I have to record. I know I have to put whatever I can in Asana or Google Drive and they take care of the rest. Mm -hmm. And so it's great. And then I do a checkup. I do, I send out an email every Monday to all the clients. So the six that are yet to launch. So every Monday I send out an email saying, you know, kind of like a bit, a piece of advice and then just kind of where are you at? Reply Mm -hmm. to the email, tag me in Asana if you have any questions or book a call Mm. kind of thing. So we do that once a week, every Monday. And that's it. Like I don't send out another email and it's actually been proven, been proving to be effective because I do get the occasional, I'm, I'm kind of backed up. I'm going to record on Friday. So it's kind of like, this is what you should be doing, but there's no pressure there. Mm -hmm. But to just, again, I'm the manager, so I have to keep everybody on track. Yeah. And there's the, the accountability there. And you're also forcing them to set due dates for themselves if they don't have them already. Like they're right. like, oh, yeah, I, I did say that this was going to be due. OK, I'm doing this on Wednesday. And you just force them to set that. Once again, that's why they're hiring you. Right. Exactly. To keep them on track. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is to get it done. Yeah. So last week, last Monday, a week ago today, the email was, what's your launch date? And boy, did I get a lot of replies on that one because everybody's like, what? And I was like, yeah, we need to kind of have that in your mind. Like, I'm not saying I need it today. Or it's set in stone for sure. Right. But we kind of need to get an idea. So it was interesting, the feedback I got. I was like, I I really didn't think it was going to be that much of a, whoa, what's going on kind of reply. But yeah, so those are the kinds of things. And so like today, the main focus of the email was, think about your hosting. We suggest these two, but let me know if you have any questions about any others, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing, because we want to get everybody set up, you know, and get them just kind of knowing what the next steps are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey there, I wanted to interrupt this episode with a quick message for you. If you are listening to this show, then you are either wanting to become a podcast manager or currently a podcast manager. And I wanted to invite you to my free masterclass where I show you how to become a profitable podcast manager without working more than 20 hours per week. So in this masterclass, I break down what it would look like for you to be making three to 5K per month working as a podcast manager without working more than 20 hours a week. Not only do I break that down, but I also talk about the three myths that I used to believe that was keeping me away from being a profitable podcast manager and that you might be believing as well. That and I share all the details about my podcast manager program. So if you're interested in learning more, learning the three myths that might be keeping you away from becoming a profitable podcast manager, or you just want to see what does it take to be a profitable podcast manager, then grab a seat to my masterclass. I would love to see you there. Just head to laurenwrighton.com forward slash masterclass and it'll show the next available time. Okay, awesome. That is it. Go sign up for the masterclass. I cannot wait to see you there. Let's get back to the episode. Now, hosting made me makes me think you are one that you you've mentioned this that you love like learning and engaging with all these different companies that are in podcasting and stuff. So how do you, with all of the research that you do, how do you keep it simple for your clients? Like you just gave one example of you say, these are the two hosts that we recommend. 
Right. And why we recommend them. Mm -hmm. So about other things like what mics and ways to record and just all these other details, how do you make it so it's not overwhelming for the client? I think the key to that is they get a strategy call with Angie, one of the main people of the company. So they get a strategy call with her. And then from that, I get the information that was discussed. So I kind of get a feel for how committed they are. Do they have equipment already? Mm -hmm. Have they researched anything? So then when I do onboarding, based on that first initial call where they actually booked the services, I kind of get an idea of what I could recommend. Out of our seven clients, two of them already had mics and a few of them had already done some mic research Mm -hmm. and just kind of wanted to get feedback. Mm -hmm. So mics have not been a huge thing, but based on experience, I always recommend Sure, just because that's who I use. Mm -hmm. Um, And they have really great price points from, you know, the low end all the way up to fanciness. And anything else, it's just kind of based on my experience. So because I've tried many hosting companies, I give them the why. Mm-hmm. So I give them the why. I, we tell them we recommend these two for these two reasons. Most of them are online business owners. So we ask them, is it more important for you to be able to put in that dynamic content? Or is it more important for you to be able to manage this when we're not helping you? Right. Because this is just a launch. Right. Yeah. Some of them are not. Some of them are carrying over. But for the most part, these are launches that typically launch in two seasons. So this is also something I'm not used to is the whole seasons thing. Mm -hmm. So we definitely get all that ironed up ironed out in the beginning. So we know who's going to continue outside of this package. Mm -hmm. But we also know who has a team that can do show notes or episode notes, who has a team that can do that, because then towards the end, it might require me teaching them how to do it. Mm -hmm. But that's why we kind of narrowed it down to two podcast hosts that we recommend because of either the dynamic insertion capabilities Mm -hmm. Or the other one we use has actually saved snippets. So you can have five full text snippets that you repeat in every episode. Mm. And so you don't have to retype them. You don't have to open a Google Doc and cut and paste like it's saved in there. So based on their need, we recommend either one of those because all the other features are kind of very similar based on all the hundreds of them that are out there. But we also do recommend the two that are also IAB certified, the lab certified for analytics and stuff. So they are pretty top notch hosting companies, but we recommend two and two for those reasons. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, for these clients that are launching a launch strategist company, what are they normally doing afterwards? So you said some some of them are launching seasons. So, so that means you launch that first whole season with them? We actually are doing two seasons. It's a big package. It's wow. actually two seasons. Yeah. So it's kind of like monthly management, just all done beforehand. In 90 days. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. It's, yeah. I like it. In 90 days. In 90 days. So then, therefore, you get a feel for what clients are going to need you after. Mm-hmm. Right now, out of the six that we still have, out of the six, there are two that have teams. Mm-hmm. where someone else is going to take over all of this. But then I don't know really the rest of them 
the seventh client that we had that just recently launched was someone who we are going to take over everything. Mm. So we did this, but she's also a businesswoman who's working and just kicking butt and doing amazing things. So we are actually taking over on the other side of this agreement with this other company. We're going to then do everything for her. So there's going to be in-house editor, in-house graphics, in-house show notes and all that kind of stuff person. Yeah. Yeah. Now you've, you've explained kind of like how you how you happened upon this like pretty unique gig. It's I, I really it's so cool. And with launching so many shows, you're just going to learn so much in the next couple of months, which is just going to be that in, in itself is going to help you so much, I think. Absolutely. But and you said you you talked about relationships. You landed this because you had already had a relationship with this woman beforehand. Yes. Um, yes. One thing that I have seen you do so well is just telling people that your business exists. Yes. You just like unapologetically talk about it. Like, hey, this is what I'm doing. If you want to, you know, if, if you could spread the word, that'd be great. If I, if I can help you, let me know. You just are talking about it. People know that you exist. Right. <laughs> it's key. To and know what I'm like. doing. Right. And yes. know what I'm doing. Like, I mean, I talk about it at work, my day job as an occupational therapist. And they look at me like I have 15 heads because they're like, OK, we're not really interested in this. But you never know, because they could be talking to someone on LinkedIn or they could be talking to someone in a Facebook group that says, hey, does anybody know anybody that can help me launch my podcast or start a podcast? So that's the thing. It's like that six degrees of separation. Mm -hmm. If you don't talk about it and opportunities come up within your circle, nobody's going to know to send it your way. Like mm -hmm. I get emails and direct messages all the time. An opportunity landed in my lap today because I've been talking to an occupational therapist friend. They're having this huge virtual summit in August. And I talked her into creating these presentations into podcast and launching it as a podcast. Oh, wow. Love and it. I would have not been able to have that conversation had I not had this experience and had I not built a relationship with someone within my network. Mm -hmm. Like you have to talk about what you're doing. I've made so many friends with so many big podcast hosts. And like you mentioned earlier, I have connections with two founders and CEOs of podcast hosting companies you just have to, now I'm not saying to do it, you have to do it with intention and with, you know, you can't just spam people and just start talking. You just mm -hmm. have to start engaging with them and go from there. So some of my biggest relationships I have built have been on Twitter. Mm. So I can just tell you, for example, I use Captivate as my podcast host for Not A Mama Life. And Mark and his team at Rebel Base Media, I met them at Podcast Movement and then just continue to talk to them, build a relationship with most of them on the team. And they're an amazing company. And I can literally send them a direct message and just say, hey, what do you think about this? Or I heard this rumor or mm -hmm. whatever. And I get I get response. I get answers. Yeah. So it's really it's just it's just a unique way of doing it. But you know what? If they ever come across somebody that needs my help or something really cool that Captivate is doing is they're actually starting to record episodes with people that host with them. Oh, like you on their show. Yes. That's smart. Yes. 
So I build this relationship. So, you know, so now when he sees my name across his desk for, for the episode, who knows, that might push me up on the list a little sooner. You never know. Yeah. So if let's say someone that's listening is thinking, oh, it'd be really cool to let's say that they want to build a relationship with Elsie and Jess from She Podcast. They're like, oh, they'd be so cool to, you know, be in my circle or whatever. What's something that they like, how would you initiate that conversation? So for a prime example, they are both very active on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So I have had back and forth conversations with whoever is managing their Twitter. It's probably it may not be Elsie. It may not be Jess directly, but sometimes I think it is. Mm-hmm. But just start to comment and engage on content. She podcasts Facebook, um, their Facebook page. They post things. They have their own private off Facebook group. Just kind of engage with everything that somebody is doing and and find a way to answer their questions or Mm -hmm. provide value for someone on one of their posts. And I know we hear provide value a lot, but there's different ways of doing it. If you don't know how to answer the question, you could, if you relate to it, you could give your story, your point of view. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If they're asking for something, you know, I think I'm pretty good at this because I try every software known to man. Mm -hmm. So whenever I find something cool, I always share it, but you know what else I do? I may share it in your group, but I also go on Twitter saying, have you guys seen this? This is a great alternative to this. Mm-hmm. And so I'm getting that brand to interact with me. Mm. So quick example, I recently had a one-on-one conversation with the CEO of a company that's kind of like Bitly, those links shorteners. Mm-hmm. And so I told him what I was looking for. I was looking for something. We started talking. He was so honest and so amazing with me that he said, we may not be the best company for you, but try this. Wow. And so I shared that on Twitter. The same thing with the most recent post I shared with a company that has like a really cool, unique thing where you could actually use their their program to do like a link in bio thing. Mm-hmm. But it also has a way to sell services, have a membership, all of those things. I shared that in your group. Wow. But I also put that on Twitter that somebody else, another company told me about this company and I thank the other one. I thank the new one. You know, so those it's are just th- connecting. You're just like, you're yes. just, you're being the connector. Yes. And, and also sharing praise. If there's someone that's doing amazing things or a program that you're using that's doing amazing things, give them praise, shout them out mm-hmm. because then they're going to start to know your name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's making me think about like, you know, with us podcast managers, in all in the podcasting industry, obviously, it sometimes can feel like, you know, we're in competition or that someone may be outside, like my group, our group does not feel competitive at all. But maybe someone that's outside of our group, it feels like more competitive or whatever. If you can just like let that go and and see it as like an industry, it, like you see it clearly, you see like these are the people that you should and can talk to because you're part of this community, right? Of this industry of podcasting. So when you start seeing yourself as a player in this industry, it is, it kind of empowers you to say, I have things to say to these people, you know, like I, you know, I'm playing a role. Yes. And I think along those same lines, definitely community over competition and your group fosters that very, very nicely. Um, but I also think that you, if you really truly understand what that means, it will be a gift. I'm promising you it will be a gift. If you recognize that if you're making connections 
Like, for example, I got a potential gig from someone in your group that couldn't do a job, but it's perfect for me. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. things like that. So if you look at your industry as just a community, as a pie, we all have a piece of the pie. Mm -hmm. If I take a piece, I'm not taking away from you. I'm just taking the piece that was meant for me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a kind of a give or take. And because we have different audiences, you know, there's enough for everybody and, and not every, you're not for everybody. So even if you have a discovery call with someone and you're like, wow, that didn't go bad, that didn't go so well. But if you're in a group like Orin's, you can just post it and connect with someone that might be a better fit for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, just because that client, potential client on a discovery call isn't a great fit for you doesn't mean that they're like a horrible client or that, you know, that, oh gosh, they were, they weren't my style because of this, like someone who's not like you at all could be an amazing fit for that person. Yeah. I, I love seeing what different people's niches, different podcast managers, who they want to serve, because it just goes to show that there's just this huge array of clients out there that aren't a good fit for me, aren't a good fit for you or, and whoever. So I think it's so cool. And you have such a specific niche that you serve with not a mama, but also with your podcast management company. So who are you trying Correct. So I do work, you know, with different agencies and companies, Mm -hmm. but as private clients, I work with child-free women in the medical profession or if they're medical entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. So I'm very niche when it comes to that. But if I get the way that I, the way I describe it is I work with agencies and production companies, and then I work on referrals Mm-hmm. But my private clients from my personal business are child-free women, medical professionals or medical entrepreneurs that want to start a podcast or need help with podcast strategy or anything specifically for their business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that seems so niched, but it's perfect. And I love it because it's exactly who you are. Yes. It's exactly what you know. Yep. And it blends my audience. So now my Not A Mama Life audience, I've been doing more episodes about entrepreneurship. And I do talk about what I do on my other business, on my Not A Mama Instagram page and all those things. But they're not necessarily uh, weaved in together. They Mm -hmm. are two separate things. Mm -hmm. But the fact that I could still possibly gain awareness from my not a mama life audience that I'm doing this will still help me. Right. Yeah. So clients could come from it. It's not yes. the podcast doesn't exist to talk about Ex- your yeah, your exactly. your business, but because it's about what you're passionate about, all of this is about what you're passionate about. It just goes together so right. So amazingly. Right. Yeah. Right. I love that. Right. All right. So do you have any other tips for us just when it comes to building relationships? Absolutely. One, don't discount Twitter. Mm-hmm. So really don't discount Twitter. So put it, get a really cute, catchy name that kind of summarizes what you do and make sure you have like your discovery call link or something in the bio, but do not discount Twitter. But Twitter's different. Twitter, you really have to kind of put something out there all the time because it goes so quickly. Mm-hmm. But I had someone reply to a tweet today from like four days ago. 
and it was asking a question. And so it showed up for them because they were using hashtags. So Twitter is big with hashtags. So if you put it out there, if you want to do a Q&A, put it out there. But there's poll features. There's these little, there are rooms now, kind of like Clubhouse. Twitter has little spaces that are kind of like Clubhouse. And Twitter has, you could start a list. There's so many things you can do, but Twitter's a good place. Use hashtags and don't discount it. The next thing is whenever you're anywhere, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, set up a way to have your brand name on the account. So set up a Gmail account that you can use to respond to things on Twitter, on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Build brand recognition wherever you can. Mm. So using that brand name wherever you can. Engage with potential clients on Instagram. Just make sure your Instagram is completely, you know, hooked up as far as your bio, what you do. Yeah, and not private. Right, exactly, not private. And anywhere else, Facebook groups, Facebook, whatever. Groups is not a big thing for me, so I don't really, I try not to do that. But just really engage elsewhere. If you have a LinkedIn bio, make sure you have that all caught up on your Facebook bio. Make sure you put that little blurb that you can put, just kind of put it out there. I know there's some people that don't want to do this. And I know you have an episode where you talked about how to talk to friends and family about what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And it really is a personal decision, but I talk about it all the time. Mm -hmm. But I also talk about it because my audience is who I am friends with on Facebook. Right. So in the medical field. So I might know a married occupational therapist or a married pharmacist or whatever. But if they know that's what I'm doing, but then they come across a friend who's child free, who wants to up level her speech therapy business and she wants to start a podcast, they're going to come to me because they know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as far as telling people about your business, you yeah, you might not be ready now, whatever the circumstances, but there will come a time when you're ready. So whether that's from the start or it's two, three months in, whatever, there will come a time where you're like, okay, I feel confident about this. I want to talk about it. I want people to know. And that's when, like you're saying, like put it everywhere that you can. And one thing I like to test is like, if someone were to find you through all these different outlets, their first initial seeing of you, would they be able to find out what you do? And like what you're saying with Facebook, if someone sees you post in a Facebook group from your personal profile, if they were to go to your personal profile, are they going to be able to tell what you do? Because if they can't, that is just, whew, that's a that's lost. It's yeah. lost. It's, it's, you don't, once again, you don't want to make it hard for people. Right. So have a really cute updated cover photo mm-hmm. of what you do. Mine says exactly what I do. And then that little bio piece. And the other thing too, with Facebook, and I get this, I've had some weird issues with Facebook and everything. Facebook, you can really set privacy on your post. So gather all your family, put them in this one little section. And then when you post about your business, exclude them Mm -hmm. from that post. So if you have to do that to start to practice and feel good about talking about what you do, try something like that, like set up where you can kind of hide that post from them if that makes you feel more comfortable. Yeah. And just hearing that, you might think, okay, I just need to get over this. I'm not going to go over all that trouble to exclude my family. I just need to get over and do it. Right. Or want to exclude them. I feel like there's certain people that for some reason they get 
they've never said anything to me about it, but they'll get in my head. I'll like right. think of them when I'm posting. And in that case, exclude that uncle. Yeah, That's I fine. think it might just be helpful, you know, um, especially if you're just not quite ready, because that gives you a way to do it, do it and get it out there and then warm up your family to it or whatever. But it's just an option. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I love those tips. And you're definitely making me think twice about uh, Twitter because I'm not, I have a Twitter, but I don't use it at all. And I know that the podcasting world is pretty active on there. So you're making me think. It sure is. And another good thing I like about that is like pod news. Like this also brings me to, you know, everybody who wants to get into this industry as a service provider, you really have to do your work as far as keeping up to date with what's going on in this industry. And Twitter is a perfect way to do it. If you don't want to be on 18,000 different email lists, Twitter's the perfect way to get pod news without being on their email list or, you know, whatever other, you know, companies and hosting companies that are posting up-to-date news, Mm -hmm. do it via Twitter. I mean, I definitely want to be more active. Like I want to look into a Twitter scheduling thing. But it's definitely like I'm to the point where now I spend more time, my free time, the time that I have to spend. I'm actually spending it more on Twitter and less on Clubhouse, where in the beginning I was a little bit on Clubhouse quite a bit. But I kind of stepped back from that and I'm actually getting more engagement and more conversation Mm -hmm. on Twitter. So that might be my new favorite. Yeah. Now, this is this is a little bit off topic, but or it's on topic, but. What do you think is going to happen to Clubhouse? I feel like now that you say that Twitter has a space that's like it and Facebook's going to do it, I'm like, it seems like it's one that's going to go away. You know what I find interesting is the recent article I read, I don't know where it was, has Clubhouse valued at $2 billion. Wow. $2 billion because of the data they have. Because you have to also remember, if you're geeking out like me, we are all just data to these companies. Right. That's all we are. So they are valued at $2 billion. My thing is, how can they continue to do this without ads, without mm-hmm. paying for space, without paying for ads, without offering, unless they are strictly going to go into selling data? I don't know. Yeah. But something's going to have to give. It's either they're going to be straight selling data to all the big whatevers that are watching us, or it's going to be some type of paid thing. Yeah. I don't know, but something is going to, something's definitely going to have to give Mm -hmm. because there's no, there's no money. Yeah. And there's no obvious place for these ads. Yeah. That's that's a really good point, but they could even just build up their, build up enough that they sell to Facebook or Instagram. I mean, I, who knows if that's their plan? Exactly. Which they could be if that was their motive. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as ad space, I see that they could we could do ads in the hallways before you go into a room mm-hmm. or you mm-hmm. can actually get ads while you're in a room. Mm-hmm. Kind of like CastBox. Have you ever listened to a podcast on CastBox or Spotify even? You know, those little ads that run on the bottom? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. So they have space down there. They could push up that little bottom thing. They could have the developer push it up a little and then put ads there. I just think that, like you said, they're either going to sell to someone, be just for data, Mm -hmm. or they have to somehow 
because everything is free right now. Well, as we front facing, it's all free. Mm-hmm. But who knows? They could be making money with data right now. I don't know. Yeah. But I yeah. just kind of feel something has to give. I just I'm not completely sold on it. I just think it's a little intrusive. Like I had to turn off all my notifications. People Same. ping you. And then I actually put on my profile that I'm not I'm only active Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Because I can't have all these notifications and ping. Someone is pinging you. Come and join them in the room. Like, it's a little intrusive, I think. I don't want to be <laughs> poked and prodded like that. Yeah, I I haven't spent much time on there. Like, I did like the first couple of weeks and then I haven't because it felt like I was at a live event and there was like always a room being started. And I'm like, ooh, I want to go. I want to go. But I am a multitasker throughout the day. And so you cannot multitask with Clubhouse. You might as well just be off of it. You know, like, why be there if you're going to multitask? So I just found like, oh, this is really not conducive with my lifestyle right now. And so I haven't been on really since. Um, But yeah, it was like I had to turn all the notifications off because it was like every 20 minutes there was a new room being started. And I'm like, oh, I want to join that. But you know what I wish it had? Hmm. You brought up a good a good point. I've been thinking about this for months now. So the secret's out. I'm sure someone else has thought about this. (laughs) I want to be in a room without being seen. Because sometimes Um, when you're in a room, especially if you're following a lot of people in that room, it takes you to that second level. So there's the stage, so to speak, the second level and the bottom, the audience level. So I want to be in a room so I can multitask. I I would like to listen to these rooms like they're a podcast episode. But if somebody knows you and sees that you're there, sometimes they call upon you. Right. And if you don't answer. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Right. So isn't that a great idea? That's a great feature, right? It is. I love that. And but like the way that the because of what you're explaining, it does feel so much more like a live event because you have to be listening. It's like if you were to literally walk into a room and people were talking, you know, it's rude to be like looking down at your phone. It's like you just walked into a room where where people are talking, you know, like pay attention to them. That's what it feels like on Clubhouse is like you can't multitask because you just walked into a room and everyone's looking at you. Right. Right. (laughs) Exactly. So interesting. So interesting. Yeah. So people of Clubhouse, if you're listening to this episode, can we create that feature, please? We just want to be a fly on the wall. Okay. This, Rafi, this has been so good. I love that I, that people are going to be encouraged to just get out there with their businesses. If, and when it's the right time, everyone should do their thing, but also talk about your business. Be proud. Be proud. Yes, exactly. Unapologetic. Yes, Yes. for sure. Because it's not, I mean, the worst case scenario is that your Aunt Sue is going to give you shit for doing something. And then the best case scenario is you could get a client. Yeah. The negatives are just, they don't outweigh the positives. Exactly. But it's a great learning experience maybe, or just like maturity that has to happen where you're like, oh, I just can't care what other people are saying at this point. Like Mm -hmm. so many of us get into entrepreneurship because maybe we've tried corporate style or we tried jobs and all this stuff and it just doesn't fit us. So we're in entrepreneurship because we're doing it for ourselves. We're doing it for, you know, our families. We're doing it for reasons that are not, don't have anything to do with our aunts and uncles. Right, right. So you have to just like step into that and say like, I'm doing this for me. I might fall flat on my face. I'm going to stand back up and I'm just doing it. Absolutely. But yeah, I do think maybe there's a maturity level to that thought too. Mm Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, yeah, I'm 50 years old and this is my next career. So that's why I'm also all about it. I'm out there. Let's go. Yeah. So like I'm working on a workshop right now for myself, but um, Potatize is a hosting company and a production company all in one out of California. And they're offering me whatever I need to make this workshop happen. So like that's another example of relationship connecting. Mm-hmm. I've always been a fan of their episodes. I always tag Tracy Hazard on Twitter and Instagram when I love her episode. Then we connected in a clubhouse room. Then she asked me to be on the binge factor. Then she asked me, how can I work with you? So like all these things. So I'm going to be one of maybe three or four people that are going through their certification program to Ooh. be... One, uh, you know, like once I'm certified, I'm going to get leads from them because they're going to know that I know everything, how they do what they do. Yeah. And so that's my next endeavor. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing. When you put yourself out there, you just kind of talk to people. Yeah. This is the second example, though, of a hosting company acknowledging the fact that podcast managers, podcast service providers have influence over podcasters. Yes. And that uh, I just love to see this. This is just, whew, I love this. It, yeah. They're seeing that, you know, as a podcast manager, we will influence our podcasting clients to go with this hosting, to go with that. And, you know, we're, we're directing them. And so they're acknowledging that, which is so cool. Can I post the feature article from Authority Magazine? Yeah. Because in that article is Tracy Hazard. She wrote the piece on me mm-hmm. and she is the co-founder of Podetize. Yeah. Which is a monetization production hosting company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Send it to me and we can add it to the show notes. Okay. Yeah. So it's just, it's really, it's just a unique thing. But what I like about that is she kind of highlighted my skills, which she did really well for my part for the interview too, for, for the binge factor. So, and that's what kind of you know, solidified, okay, I want to work with her mm-hmm. because she has done nothing but be amazingly generous with me between my episode and now my new podcast is going to be through them. And she's gifting me a thousand dollar package. So I know what it's like to get the full production from them. They're doing my intro. They're doing my outro. They're doing my podcast artwork. Oh, that's so cool. They're doing my my description. That's going to be such a cool experience to see how they do it and what you can learn. Yes. Oh, that's so. Is that awesome? Yes. At this point, I just see like experiences like this as just like research, like just learning all about. And she knows she got the vibe from me that I will then, if this is good, the thing about podcast is, yeah, talk about it. But once I become certified producer for them, I will get leads and I'm going to put people, I'm going to be the person that helps them on board. And then I'm just going to give them over to podcast. Mm hmm. So it's a way for me to upmarket their price, do everything, and then just hand it over. So it's wow. actually a beautiful win-win. Because really? then I don't have to do anything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's really, it's a unique opportunity. And I'm just so excited. I was on a Zoom call two weeks ago with them. And there was me and one other person. And he had to leave early. And so when he left, she was just like, I want to do this for you. And I mean, it's literally, she has been so amazingly generous to me 
that, you know, my sister's like, it's just like a gift from God. Like she recognizes your abilities and your possibilities yeah. and she's just running with it. Oh, I love that. Yep. And they're helping me with my workshop. She's like, if you need me to come in at the end to help, you know, so she's going to technically come in and help me be, a, she's going to be like my closer, so to speak. Uh-huh. Cause I'm going to try to offer some services specifically like they do to just mm-hmm. have a trial run of it. So she's like, you know, get your workshop together. So I've been working on that. So it's going to be a paid workshop. So it's just hard to, to like the sales page of that kind of stuff. It's such mm-hmm. a pain in the butt. It's not fun. Yeah, so I, I have it outlined, but like I've looked at it 19,000 times. So I told my husband, I'm like, I need to give it a couple days. Yeah. If I look at it every day, it's going to look worse and worse. Either. Exactly. <laughs> it just gets exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I feel so, yeah. So I'm working on that. So I have built some amazing connections and relationships and I'm so excited. And you know what else this, you know, what else happens too? And we didn't even talk about this. You then get opportunities to be on other podcasts. Yeah. So I've been on the binge factor. I've been on one about purposeful heart. I was one about, I was on one about storytelling. Now I'm on yours. So like, I literally have been on four podcasts since March 3rd. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. Mm -hmm. You know, it just rolls in. It's just, it's awesome. It's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. You're killing it. And you're talking about it. I think it's, you're building relationships and you're talking about what you're doing and you're available. I feel like you're just like, you've got a sign in your front yard that says like (laughs) for hire. Yes, exactly. (laughs) But not in a way that's like, hey, cold DM, do you want to hire me? Right. Like, not like that. Not like no, that. You're just, no, you're, you're yeah. And you're just building, you know, that's the thing. I had an occupational therapist friend and I'm actually doing this workshop because she said she has a, a group of friends that want to know more. So I created mm. this workshop with intention to just do it with her and her group of friends. And I still may do that, mm-hmm. but I'm probably not going to charge them. But I may, I might, what I might do is just send her the recording and give it to her for free. But I, you know, because she is going to lead me to clients. Yeah. She's huge in the industry of occupational therapy. And so if I do something amazing for her and with her, I know she's going to share it with her, you know, I mean, I think she has something like 4,000 friends on Facebook. Yeah. Wow. You know, so it's like mm-hmm. when you connect with the right people. It's only going to bring you more opportunities. Mm-hmm. For sure. Oh, this has been this has been so good. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I definitely want to tag that article. So definitely send that to me. But how can the listeners connect with you after this? What's the best? What are the best places? Well, my not a mama brand is at not a mama on Instagram. And then my podcasting brand is at Raffi Nose Pods, R-A-P-H-I-E Nose Pods on Instagram. Okay. We'll link that as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for being here. I know this is going to be such a great episode for everyone to feel inspired and learn about that there's not just like one size fits all as far as opportunities go. I just think this is going to open up some really cool, open up eyes. I hope so. That's going to be amazing because I think someone listening to this will hear something that they're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do that today. Mm, Yes act on those impulses. Exactly. Exactly. Thanks again. Thank you. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Come connect with me over on Instagram at Lauren Wrighton or in the Podcast Manager Mastermind Facebook group. 
and let me know what you liked about this episode. I love, love, love hearing your guys' feedback and what is resonating with you. You can always find the links and resources mentioned in the show over at laurenwrighton.com. Special thanks to my amazing podcast manager, Marcy Page, on producing this episode. All right, that's it. Until next time, I'll be cheering you on.